On today's Intelligent Money Minute, we'll interview Ed Peters, managing partner at First Quadrant, author and investment management professional, on whether this is a repeat of the hyperinflation of the 70s. Welcome to Intelligent Money Minute, a mercifully short podcast that may save you time and money. Your host, Hans Blake, is a CFA charter holder and CPA who has spent his entire career helping people minimize financial stress to maximize their lives. After managing $350 million and working with high net worth individuals around the world, he founded Intelligent Investing. Time is money, so invest in every minute. Here is your host, Hans Blake. Welcome back, Ed, to another episode of Intelligent Money Minute podcast. Thank you so much for your time. We are looking forward to hearing what you have to say about the different topics that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, glad to talk about things. Let's talk about why the recent inflation is not perhaps the exact same fear that we should have uh, as we reflect back on the most recent time we had inflation, which was in the 70s. Why is it different now? What are some factors that are different? You kind of mentioned it's kind of a, a, a perfect storm recently of demand shocks, supply shocks, and money supply inflation. We've kind of have this perfect storm right now. What would you do or say to calm down perhaps somebody who's approaching retirement and they're worried that what if this five or six or 7% inflation continues the rest of my retirement? What would you kind of say to say, calm down, let, let's take a break here and, and step back? Yeah, being a baby boomer myself, <laughs> I can see that story. And, and um, I started in the investment business in 78 at the beginning of that hyperinflation period, even though it wasn't my first career. So I actually had been around a little before then. The thing about money supply and monetary inflation, which is what we had in the late 70s, it actually did come from and uh, probably out of an earlier supply side shock tied to the OPEC oil embargo of the U.S. in 1973 and the aftermath of that. So they can be tied together, but you know, my cohorts uh, uh, in the baby boomer generation know that this type, the inflation we're having right now, at least the one we're having right now, is unlikely to persist for a really long time because we're not seeing monetary inflation yet. Right. Even though there has been a large amount of government spending, we've actually had a large amount of government spending for a long time, ever since the global financial crisis in 2008. Uh, Japan has been has had huge amounts of, of deficit spending since the 90s, and they can't get any inflation into their economy at all. So just because you have a high level of government spending doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have monetary inflation. What we have right now is, as you mentioned, a perfect storm. It's a lot like the late 40s. In the late 40s, after the war, there was a, both a demand shock and a supply shock at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that was after we came out of the war, during the war, uh, everybody was employed. Uh, you know, there was high employment for the war effort. So everybody was being paid, but they didn't have much to buy with it because the entire economy was geared towards the war. Mm -hmm. So Ford wasn't making cars. They were making tanks, you know. Um, and so after the war was over, everybody had the spending, uh, all the savings, and they wanted to replace their cars and things like that, but there weren't any around. And so the price of things shot up during that time period because there was high demand, because everyone had money, but low supply because uh, there wasn't much being manufactured. Inflation actually went up to 20% in 1947. That's the sort of thing we're seeing now. The causes for the supply and demand shock, of course, are slightly different. The demand shock is there because of government help, just like in the war where, where the government 
was basically paying everybody to make stuff for the war effort. In this case, what we were doing was uh, propping up people so that they would uh, keep their standard of living and not suffer during the shutdown of the economy during the uh, COVID uh, shutdown. And, and people took that money and saved it. But then we had a supply shock. Now, the supply shock is tied to the COVID pandemic. It's largely tied to the fact that we had so many people who were ill. And because of that, production stopped. Okay, so first production stopped because the economy was shut down. But then after that, it, it became hard to start up again, because first, a lot of companies had tooled not producing much because they didn't think demand would increase. Uh, we saw a big spike in rental cars, you may remember. And mm -hmm. the reason for that was the rental car companies sold half of their fleets, <laughs> thinking they were going to just be sitting around. So when demand picked up for rental cars, there weren't any. And so that supply shortage that came from manufacturing slowdown from both under preparedness for it and also um, because of a shortage of workers because of the pandemic has caused supply to fall. So we have high demand because people have saved what they put away during the uh, pandemic, but we have low supply because we don't have as much being manufactured. Then, of course, that's complicated by the fact that many of our things are manufactured overseas and the pandemic was actually worse in many cases there or just as bad. And so uh, the global supply chain, of course, broke down as well. So we have a combination of, of things here. The money supply part of it has not actually filtered into the economy yet. Even during the monetary inflation that happened in the late 70s, that sort of started during the Vietnam War and the Great Society programs in the late 60s. It took a good 10 years for that to manifest itself in, in the inflation that they saw then. It's only been a couple of years here for this. And the other indicators we have that monetary inflation is picking up have not been strong either. The late 1970s hyperinflationary period was caused in part by OPEC's supply shock of 1973. There are reasons why the current inflationary period may be transitory. As Ed mentioned, there is a perfect storm of both a demand and supply shock that is very similar to coming out of World War II. As a result, we think intelligent investors shouldn't overreact to our current inflationary environment. It may be prudent in understanding the reasons why we may be having inflation, and by understanding the cause or causes, we may be able to set proper expectations for the future. Many people believe that the current inflation we are experiencing is due to all the stimulus checks and programs the government has put out over the past few years. While this increase in money supply can cause inflation, there are indicators that are telling a different story. We'll be talking more about this and why the velocity of money, or how fast are Americans spending money, in future Intelligent Money Minute podcasts, so be sure to subscribe to stay informed. If you'd like to become a client or learn more about intelligent investing, please call 864-679-0500 or visit investedwithyou.com. Remember, time is money, so invest in every minute. Thanks for listening. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or account. Advice. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.